You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast. Brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. Going into our question ones, though, we've got five undefeated um, teams remaining in the SEC. We do this every weekend. We yep. do this every week. How does it look for you right now, how you would rank those five remaining teams that are left that have yet to be beaten? I'm sure Tennessee is obviously at number one, but go ahead. Yeah, so I think I'm going to keep the same order. Last week, there were six of them, and my sixth was Arkansas, who is now no longer among the undefeateds. Uh, so that would mean Georgia, followed by Alabama, Tennessee, at three among the SEC teams. And then uh, I believe I had Kentucky ahead of Ole Miss. And I'm going to stick with that for now. You know, this this weekend's game between them is in Oxford. So I, I kind of favor Ole Miss because of the home field. But if you're asking me which team is better, I'm going to give a very, very slight edge uh, to Kentucky at the moment. So we'll we'll see. that. But that, that would be my current uh, SEC top five. <laughs> TBD to be determined on that one, right? So you already know right. one of those teams are coming off that list. That's right. The maximum we're going to have next week is four. Yeah, it's a somebody's coming off that list. Um, but Mark says, what's up with this week's TV schedule? Why is Auburn the ESPN night <laughs> game? Shout out to Auburn for getting that game, right? Because they were just looking off well, in the last couple weeks. Well, so, you know, I think you said the key part a little while ago when you asked me about that game, which is it's three and one against three and one. I think people who follow the SEC closely don't think of these as three and one teams. And so you look at that being the primetime game on ESPN. You're like, what? And especially when you, when you consider that you've got Ole Miss, Kentucky, two undefeated teams that are ranked in the top 15 squaring off at noon. It's like, well, why not them at night and then put Auburn LSU at noon? That would make more sense. And I, I agree it would. Even Arkansas, excuse me, even a A&M at Mississippi State, to me, is a is a better game. I, I think it's clearly a better game than LSU at Auburn uh, and, and a more significant game. Why not put that at night instead? But um, what it really comes down to is TV is all about ratings. And Auburn and LSU have a bigger fan following than Ole Miss or Kentucky or Mississippi State. Not AM, but 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 yeah, I mean, you've got two of the bigger brands in the SEC going head to head. They both have winning records. And so therefore, um, they're gonna get that TV spot. And it and it probably was one that had to be selected in advance. Um, this wasn't what they call a six-day pick where they just decide on Sunday what their games are gonna be for the coming weekend. So uh, part of it was was already predetermined. Yeah, I probably what I mean, I get I get what you're saying, right? Two, three and one teams. It, it, the optics look good from the outside, but I guess when you've watched 
a team like Auburn, you're kind of like, yeah, I don't. Think yeah, I mean that's that. not a look, clock. It, I, but I, but TV people, we completely understand the Auburn. Yeah, right. I mean, it was it was hard to watch Auburn at noon last week. Yeah, uh, and I, I certainly don't want to watch them at night. <laughs> so, I'm certainly not getting yeah. up at nine o'clock in the morning to go start tailgating for Auburn. I'm just right for noon. It's not happening. But uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Troy says this seems impossible, but do you think that Alabama's defense might be one of the most underrated units in the country? I don't even know if I've even heard the word underrated go with Alabama. With Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean, even think not, they do. I don't Not in the last 15 years, that's for sure. But I, I think he makes an interesting point, which is as much as it, it is kind of impossible to think anything about Alabama, anything good could be underrated. Alabama's defense has not really been talked about. Uh, now, granted, th three of the four opponents they've played are are not good football teams. Uh, they they had two weak non-conference opponents. They had Vanderbilt uh, as their first SEC game. And so you can say, okay, they should have handled these teams easily, and they did. Um, and in those three games combined, they allowed one touchdown. The other game they played was against Texas, and they allowed only one touchdown against Texas. I mean, if you look at, at, at the numbers, the conventional stats, Alabama is right up there among the national leaders in both total defense and scoring defense, and which would tell you this is a really good defensive team. In fact, they're ahead of Georgia in both of those categories, which, mm -hmm. which is surprising, although Georgia has played better competition. So um, I, to me, the big question about Alabama's defense is this, is that we got to see them basically for one quarter against a good quarterback. And that was the first quarter against Texas. And then Texas quarterback, Quinn Ewers, was injured and missed the last three quarters of the game. And during that one quarter, he was healthy. They torched Alabama. And now, if you're on the Alabama side, you're going to say, well, Steve Sarkeesian is a former Alabama offensive coordinator. He knows this defense. He knows how to attack it. He had all offseason to get ready for this one game because it was week two and he had a weaker opponent in week one. Um, sure, you, you could make all those excuses, and, and they may be true. We'll find out as the season goes on. Um, but the truth of the matter is, right now, statistically, Alabama is, is, is a top three defense in all of college football. But I don't think anybody really thinks of them that way, maybe not outside of the Alabama fan base. So um, I, I think um, it, it is a fair point that they might be underrated. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at it and you say, even if Alabama came out, I don't know, it lost three games in a row. They probably would still say, you know what, this is still the formula we need to figure out. Like this, we're still going to follow them because now we have to figure out why they're losing, why they're not that good. Right. Well, so the other part what? of this, yeah, the other part of this is that Alabama's defense um, had some holes last year. There were a few games last year where they gave up a lot. And I think there's some residue from that this year where people are sl slower to buy into them. Previously, you would have had no problem believing Alabama has a great defense. Yeah. But they yep. had, a, had a, a few years recently where they've been a little shaky on that side of the ball. And I think we've come to associate Alabama with great offense more than great mm -hmm. defense. And so have they gotten back to those ways on defense? Like I said, we'll we'll learn more this weekend against Arkansas and certainly in, in the weeks to come. Uh, Aaron says, what do you see as the most important SEC game this season? That's 
a pretty nice broad question of what of which game is the most important rather than how we break it down week to week you know in general obviously we yeah know the schedule for we know the regular season schedule so yeah what, what i mean what sticks out to you has it already been played has it not been played it definitely hasn't been played and you would think the most significant game is that the way it was phrased the the most important what it was it yeah, the most, most important, important sec game this season the most important game has to involve you know playoff implications so it's it, it's going to be an alabama or georgia game and and based on the way i just broke down the conference i would i would tell you it has to be a game that you would think that one of those two has a chance to lose so on one hand I, i'm thinking the biggest threat to alabama is the tennessee game in knoxville but that's not going to be my answer. And the reason why is that you saw last year, Alabama lost one conference game and they still made it to the SEC championship game, won that, got into the playoff. And I mean, most of the time, playoff teams have one loss. Yeah. And especially if Alabama were to lose to Tennessee, it's out of the division. As long as they win the rest of the games, they're still going to win the West. And so that can't really derail their season by itself. They'd have to lose another game. What I'm going to go with is the most important game is Tennessee at Georgia, because I think it's the Tennessee's the only team that I'm giving any shot to beat Georgia this season. Yeah. And, and I still don't give them a great shot, but if they were to do it, the scary thing for Georgia is if Tennessee doesn't lose two conference games, let's say they lose to Alabama. If they don't lose to anybody else and they beat Georgia, Georgia doesn't win the SEC East. Georgia's not in the SEC championship game. And if that's the case, one loss to Tennessee could potentially knock Georgia out of the college football playoff, prevent them from having a chance to defend their title. So that's what I'm going to go with as the most important game, just because I think the implications of one conference loss for Georgia could be greater than the implications of one conference loss for Alabama. Yeah. It's safe to say, right, that everything has to end up coming down to Georgia or Alabama because that's obviously was a national championship that we saw last year, and that's what essentially, I mean, people want to see again, unfortunately. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I hope it's something different because you never want to see the same thing every year. Like, I didn't want to see the Patriots and the, the Super Bowl every single year either. Like, you want you want to shake it up. You want to see something right. different. I don't know. Give me a Kent State in there for all I care. No. <laughs> I don't care who it is, but it's well, got to be someone else shaking it up. Yeah, and and I, I think the, the key for uh, the, the national picture, the big picture for the college football playoff, is that until either Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State has lost a game, nothing has really happened in this college football season because those yeah. are the three favorites to win it all. Mm -hmm. And until something happens that jeopardizes one of those teams getting into the playoff, then nothing significant has really taken place during this season. And, and so with two of those teams being in the SEC, I think there are more opportunities for, for that significant occurrence to come within the SEC. Um, but outside of Tennessee, there aren't too many other teams that I would really give a chance to knock off one of those two. So, uh, and how perfect is that game? How, how, how perfect is that game right in Checker Nealon Stadium? Yeah, I mean, be, you, you know, I mean, I don't have to remind you what the drought is against Alabama. They haven't beaten them since Saban's been there. I want to say, I don't even know what the drought no, I mean, is. It, they, the, the, I the, the, last, no the year before Saban arrived, Tennessee beat Alabama, and then uh, all. Was it now 
15 years under Nick Saban? Yeah, 2007 through 21. I mean, at least I'll say there's not many teams that can say they have beat them, right? So, like, well, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, Arkansas I mean, hasn't least, beaten them. At least we're in an elite class. Yeah, right, exactly. Have, Arkansas have has played them every year since Saban arrived. They haven't beaten them either. I think Mississippi State beat them the very first year. Yeah. And then hasn't beaten them since. So there are a lot yeah. of teams that have long losing streaks against Nick Saban. Well, what I Alabama. will say is, hey, we always get the leftovers that Saban doesn't want to use and they go off to do great things. Like, I mean, Alvin Kamara is a great example. I mean, this guy was a freaking two there, like a freaking yeah. two. And I mean, granted, Tennessee didn't use him that much either. And then he goes to the league and he takes off. And I look how obviously how well he's done, but at the end of the day, he's still a ball. So we still, we, we there can you play. go. I mean, and, and that's the way he'll always be a ball. <laughs> yep. Know? But, but you, know, you know why, by the way, you know, why, like why he left Alabama, you know, who he was behind. Oh, I did back then. I don't remember now. He was behind Derrick Henry. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And so there you go. that makes sense. <laughs> We've seen what so, Derek yeah. has done. But that's the, that's the thing that I think is so amazing about Alabama. The fact that their ones, their twos, and their threes are pretty much damn near on the same trajectory and the same, right. like, they're both high pillar people is crazy. The fact that you can even talk someone into coming there and be like, yeah, just come here and be a two. Like, what? No, it's not happening. But the fact that you can you can get that to happen is, is nuts. And obviously, we already well, know what Derek Henry is. He's, he's the, um, so crazy. The, I believe the national leader right now in sacks is Drew Sanders of Arkansas, who transferred from Alabama. He was a he he got beat out at Alabama last year. So he transferred in the offseason to Arkansas. Is now he's leading the nation in sacks. So I mean, there there are obviously a lot of really talented players who can't get the playing time they want at Alabama. Right. But but they go there to try. Yeah. And 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 I respect the ones who give it at least two years and it doesn't happen, and then they move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like I don't like it when someone goes in and they don't play as a true freshman. They're like, I'm yeah. out of here, you know, whatever. Because yeah. there have been a lot of great players. I mean, guys who ended up being Hall of Famers at the pro level mm-hmm. who didn't play as a freshman in college. I mean, that, but, but that should tell you something too that if Saban does play you as a true freshman. You're you probably know. pretty good. You yeah. know. Yeah, that's why I was never really sold like that on Tua. I never I, I never truly was. Um, I mean, I thought it was cool that they had that type of backup quarterback, right? But I don't know, man. Tua is like, you know, it, it's a hit or miss. I feel like if he's on, he's, oh, he's great. But then if he's off, it's just. Well, it's just crazy it's to think that they, I mean, just to continue this conversation. At the same time, they had, they had Jalen Hurts. Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Mac Jones, one, two, and three on the depth chart. Which makes no sense. It's, it's not all. bad. It's, and that's and, good and, and Jalen almost ended up at Miami. How wild, how wild would that would have been? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, well, he went on a visit there. So it probably, I don't know how well it would have worked out, but it would have been interesting to see him. Yeah, uh, in the ACC, that's that, that's for sure. But all right, so yeah, we got some really good games on tap again. Another heavy SEC week, like you said, you were looking, you're you're going to be looking a lot at that Kentucky and Ole Miss game. That's the top, nice top ten rank. Well, not top ten, but top ranked uh, team going up against another ranked team. So that one should be fun. And obviously, Mizzou going up against Georgia and a couple other good ones. So we'll be back, obviously, to break a couple of these games down. And um, we'll, sh- of course, we'll be back to talk Tennessee and their bye week and how they rested and how well they look uh, coming back. <laughs> they're looking uh, good this week. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to look great. Right here. 
They're going to be undefeated. I know that they're still going to stay remain on our undefeated SEC list. That's what's important. That matters at the end of the day. But for for myself, Ashley Holder, and for Brad Edwards, we will see you next time. This is Fourth and Manageable. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.